Um, I'm curious, what are the two of you hearing is filmmakers maybe biggest challenge besides money or biggest complaint? Um, personally, for me, uh, the biggest challenge is, in terms of that is getting the right, uh, the right fit for the right people in terms of the project. It's like a, they, when people at first have their package together that they don't package their package to the point that it's like they don't realize as a, as a filmmaker when I have a, a film that I'm putting together I make sure that I have everything all my ducks lined up in a row I, I make sure I have all of my LOIs I make sure I have all of my contracts put together I make sure I have my guarantor uh, put together already that is already there my completion bond guarantor letter i make sure that i have my budgets my script put together if i have any cast that is involved not a wish list of cast no right. it has to be something that's solid that they can call them and say have you been uh, pitched this project yes we have and this is what we said so kind when of- you when you hand it to your distribute uh, to your potential money person do you ask them to sign a non-disclosure or do you just send that straight out um a lot of times this has been the question for a lot of people is the do I ask them to do a non-disclosure because a non-disclosure non-circumventing agreement an NDNC as a filmmaker including also your distributor as well or will that be considered to be too rude <laughs> um it's a half a dozen and one or the other so um, I'll give you an example. There's a filmmaker who I love his work, and he's been in our fist, uh, festival many times. And I just sent out a newsletter that I always give back to the community. And I just said, hey, um, who wants to do a media trade um, or who wants help with crowdsourcing? Right? Yeah. Yeah. So he came back and he said, I want help with um, you know crowdsourcing X, Y, and Z. And he said, I want you to sign an NDA. And I emailed him back, and and he, but, but trust me, he sent me like 500 pieces of information. And let's let me pick a different name, Tom. So I said, Tom, I said, I, I respect and appreciate that you want me to sign an NDA. Here's the deal: in crowdsourcing, I can't send anything out unless you approve it. So I only want the information that I'm allowed to send out. Then henceforth. I'm not sending out anything you didn't send me. Does that make sense? Yes. So I protect my rear end by, you know, being confused at some point. Um, But then would I have signed it? Sure, I would have signed it. It was unnecessary to me in that circumstance. But I also gave him more credibility and more time because I totally respect his work. But do you see the difference when two people don't know each other? If you've, I'll give you an example. I also submitted the Marvel um, project to participant. You know, um, there, you know, for many reasons, I knew it was going to be, you know, a rough fit, but I loved them. And I, you know, you know, met them at AFM, you know, they couldn't accept it unless it was through an attorney. And I totally get that. So I had an attorney send that. And that's generally how most people, you know, get their stuff across is through, a, you know, a middle person that can protect them, whether it's an agent or a, um, Attorney, I want to clar- clarify something, and this is from the casting world more, but I'm I'm pretty sure it applies everywhere. So I'm going to say it, but you know, ask people to double check um, just to make sure because I am not an attorney. But from my understanding in the casting world specifically, an agent is who I negotiate the deal with yes. because they're licensed. You know, I cannot. Um, negotiate with the manager and so I'll get into that good cop bad cop situation like yeah I can give them to you for this amount and I'm like I can't negotiate with you 
You know, yeah, this yeah. is what the production company said they wanted to pay. If you want to accept it, I can go forward with that. If you want to change it, you got to get me an agent or an attorney. I just can't, I can't, I can't negotiate with you. So I'm just, you know, I'm doing my best to abide by, you know, whatever, you know, parameters are in place. And let's face it, people, these parameters change all the time. Yes, so you know yes. what? If you go in a direction and, you know, oops, you're wrong, just admit to it. Like, you know, SAG's been on me a couple of times and I go, hey, I'm a SAG member. I'm yeah, following yeah. the information I know. Well, it's your duty to what? I said, you know what? You guys change so much that I now have the production company go, you figure out your contract. You tell me what's the minimum SAG I have to bring to set or what, you know, what's the deal on this? And because um, it does, it, like I said, it can get overwhelming. It can get complicated. And at the end of the day, if we're all doing our best, you know, to figure out where we're at right now with the information and move forward, we're great. Um you know, um, Kinte, are, do you have any um, filmmakers, like, challenges or, or so-called beefs so far? For myself, no. But the truth is I, I'm not uh, dealing with film on that level. So, uh, you know, I, I haven't – thank God I haven't had to uh, go through some of that stuff. But, you know, I talk to filmmakers all the time. And, you know – the, the the biggest hurdle they seem to come across is just really getting started. They don't they're they're afraid of trusting anyone because they hear all these horror stories, and then uh-huh. sometimes they finally will trust somebody, and it's like completely the wrong person, and they totally yeah. uh, get had, you know. So it's one of those things where it's like, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, you know, because I I know some people they're really good people, great talent, you know, great talents, but you know, they're, they're very trusting. You know what I mean? I do. And, 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 you know, yeah, big hearts and big trust. So here's a couple of things they can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I still own an HD flip camera. I absolutely love it. Sounds good. You got to be close. Um, people have mobile phones and they have tablets that they can take, um, you know, videos from yeah. with sound. Yeah. So what I highly recommend is start small. So if, if, if a filmmaker's biggest challenge is to start, I say start and start with what you have. So you have a mobile phone, you have an HD flip camera, or you have a tablet or, you know, some sort of whatever camera you have. You have a story. Now, remember, I have a 30-second Snipplers. It's Snipplers is a snippet of a trailer. So if you can, you know, give a snippet of what you want to make a feature length from in 30 seconds, you know, that that's a great demo reel. You don't necessarily have to submit it to New Media Film Festival, but you now have 30 seconds of something that you can, you know, share and say, you know, whether you do a crowdfunding site or whether you send it out and you say, you know, hey, um, I've set up a donate. Why don't you just set up a donation page on PayPal? Send out that 30 second demo you just said and say, you know, look, I'm 22 years old. I live in Missouri. I want to make this feature film. Put the log line and say, here's a 30 second spot I created. If you believe in this project, please just donate five dollars. Get it? Uh-huh. You get five hundred dollars. Have your mother cook for everybody, you know, and you and you, um, you know, you got five hundred dollars towards your one minute trailer. Yes. But yes. you see what I'm saying? Baby steps. Baby steps. I think that if your biggest challenge is to start, I say start. And again, um, you know, please be careful to not tell a story that you think we want to see. Mm-hmm. 
right? So if you think horrors are the big thing now or buddy boy comedies, I guarantee you by the time you make it, it's not going to be the in thing anymore. You really need to tell a story you want to tell and know what it is and stick to it. Um, those are the ones that always succeed. Um, and remember, it's you know beginning, middle, and end. So 30 seconds is 10 seconds of the beginning, 10 seconds of the middle, and the 10 seconds of the end. Um, so just break it down in, in, in three acts for you and make sure that you have you know, this sort of, you know, pivotal switch on the journey of, you know, the way the story is going. Um, but like I said, you know, one person, it's what you do with it. it it's, it's, it's uh, you know, this is going to be sounds kind of strange, but one of the judges, um, you know, drove me to my destination last night. And um, what he said to me is, he, you know, he said, oh, he says, you know, I'm on the board of uh, and they want to take away the misphotogenic category. Now, I have not been part of pageants since I was like 13 years old. I went into one, and I won misphotogenic. And I said to him, I said, you know, I said, you need to tell the board not to take away misphotogenic because I took that award, walked into a modeling agency, and I got a contract and yeah. was, you know, was in every major magazine and Good Morning America and blah, blah, blah. And perhaps, I don't know, but perhaps that led me to where I am today because, you know, one thing leads to another. Um, so, like, there were there was a woman who won best, you know, she won the best gown category. Now, it's not first runner-up. It's not Miss New Universe New York, but it's best gown. Well, guess what? She made her gown. I yeah. hope she takes that award and steps into the one place she wants to work in, puts that award on the desk, which is what I did, and said, hey, I won this award. You need to hire me. Um, and, and that's what I think people should do when they enter any festival. The second you get those laurels, Put them on your website. Put them in your electronic press kit. Put them, you know, make an announcement. Um, you know, in I submitted media. to X. Yeah, I mean, I love it. Like, if you were accepted, you get laurels accepted in the two hundred one four New Media Film Festival. Go send a shout out on that um, because you, I don't know if people know this, but people are watching you online. Like, there are studios that hire people to watch and see what other filmmakers are doing and what other people are saying about them and are they moving up they're watching you so you need to inform them you know the successes you have does that make sense yes that makes a lot yeah. Of sense. yeah but they don't they don't always do that they don't put the laurels on the poster or they don't even have a poster guys if you don't know how to make a poster just take a still from any still from your film and just put the words on top you know, just put your title. Like, that's good enough for a poster. So don't think you don't have a poster. In this digital age, it's free. I remember in 2003, I made Room 32. You had to go to a company and pay for them to make titles. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, now I can do it in two seconds from my, my computer. It's crazy. That took me hours. Um, so that's good. I mean, at least they know that I'll give you an example. On the HD flip camera, I have an 88, she's now 89, but I have an 88-year-old great aunt, and she makes, like, the most amazing Italian cookies ever. So we had cookie day. And so what I did with my HD camera is I just followed her around, but I shot it I shot it to not have to edit it, yeah. okay? And then all of a sudden, I just streamed together. You know, I put it online. It was supposed to, I didn't put it private, but I figured only my family would have the links. And then all of a sudden, someone writes, hey, where's the recipes? So, but, so see, right? So once that video's up there, 
in line. You have no idea who's going to look at it. Um, hey, I, hey, I want to come over for cookie day. <laughs> it was amazing. This 88-year-old woman in less than two hours had like this long, long, long dining room table with 10, 10 different cookies, like boxes full. She's amazing. You know, it's a shame none of them wanted to open up a bakery or a restaurant. I don't have those jeans, people. I'm sorry. <laughs> I make a mean apple pie, but that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Long ago in a lifetime, far, far away, I had a relative who had open windows bakeries. <laughs> What's an open windows bakery? Open, open windows bakeries was a small bakery company back home. They oh, that's now, the name of it. Yeah. Oh, and, but they had, like, cute. multiple locations in different places, apparently, at one point in time. Oh, that's so fun. Oh, I, I'll put a shout-out to um, Rohan Marley, Bob Mar- one of Bob Marley's sons. He was one of the other judges. That's uh, Lauren speak- Hill's baby daddy. Very cool. What, what about Lauren Hill's, you said? That's, uh, isn't that, that's Lauren Hill's baby's daddy. Oh, didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has Marley coffee. So you were talking about a uh, yes. pastry shop, and I'm going, well, what goes good with pastry but Marley's coffee? He was He was a very cool guy, very cool guy. So he was one of the judges. That was fun. Um, so let's see, what else can we do for filmmakers? I know that, um, online I recorded three different, um, classes and they're actually free. Um, so you go to iactorstudio.com and you, you register, but it's free and you get two hours of classes free. So you find my name, Susan Johnston, and then you can uh, click on how to pitch honest advice. Or you could click on web series, taking it to the next level. And then the other one is, um, you know, social media crowdsourcing. But that'll, you know, that'll be helpful if anyone wants to go out there and and maybe learn some more on those subjects. Um, And like I said, next on Sunday, I leave to go to NatP. And I'm going to be part of the Navigator program, which is cool because it's a little more intimate uh, session. And I will... um, I'm going to be, she wants me to do something called, it's really cute. I'm going to take out my notes because she called me yesterday. It's called Producers Gumbo, Mm. which means I'm going to be talking about, you know, a little bit of everything, you know, uh, you know, what pitch works, uh, how to do your crowdsourcing, um, you know, and other things like that. And, um, like research, research, research. It's like, you know, it's about also doing your research before you actually go to a person go ahead and do that oh my gosh yes because well well okay i i I have to put this in a different context because i'm on radio so during this judging pageant there was someone from the motherland Mm -hmm. of bob marley and one of our judges who's related to bob marley said hey so what's your favorite music if she had done the research on her judges, she would have figured out some Bob Marley song she loved, and she didn't say that. Ah. She said, she's, which is fine. She said the um, winner of the, the Voice, who is also from Jamaica, and she's got a beautiful voice. But the point is, um, you're right. Do your research. Know who you're walking into, you know, and why. And I have to tell you, um, because, I, you know, Ziggy Marley did tours to, to, to spread, you can tell I love music. I was in music for, for many years. Um, a lot of those girls didn't know what Rastafarian music was. 
Wow. Yeah, because one of the bands played uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy, and, like, you know, you can't not sing to that song if you've heard right. it. Yeah. And Thank the you, girls Bobby McFarland. <laughs> young girls weren't singing it, so I'm like, okay, people, we got to start getting all sectors of music back out there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, the other thing, too, is I'm curious. Have you heard of other other categories that I could add. I mean, I don't want to have a gazillion um, categories, but but some filmmakers have emailed us and said, do you have a pilot category? Now, I would think pilot would go under shorts or it would go under new media. But, I mean, how do you feel about pilots as a category for a film festival, any film festival? You mean like show pilots, TV show pilots? Um, they, they are leaning more towards TV show pilots, yes. Well, because also now places like Netflix and stuff, uh, it's like that they are specifically doing, uh, you know, web series and web uh, ones that are there. That's why they probably want it to be branched out. It's like there is commercial television, there's private TV. Uh, com- because it's like now even TV has diversified so much in the, uh, in this day and age. It's like it's beyond just actual you're not on your regular cable television network anymore it's not just abc nbc you can have something exclusive to netflix to amazon to very uh, hulu. hulu to youtube is uh, having their own tv series to all of these small indie sites that have also come through over the years it's like when they're talking pilot i guess what they're thinking in terms of that category is because I'm looking to do it in a television platform, not necessarily in a theatrical platform, then it would be in there. Or an on-demand. Uh, you know, an on-demand network sometimes has smaller pilots on the on-demand networks. Okay. Um, I mean, if I'm hearing it, I have to highly consider it. I'm wondering if I could, you know, attack it onto something. Like new media and pilots or shorts and pilots, but we'll figure it out. Thanks. What, Kinto, you think it's needed? Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> uh, there's so many pilots that are going all over the place. Yeah, I definitely could see it. Yeah. Okay. And then what I could do is see if maybe I could get someone from the TV. Oh, I could definitely have someone from the TV look at it because of the caucus. They're all the TV hotshots. So, okay, that could be part of the category award is that they get that, you know. Um, We also did something different this year is um, we have regular and student category, but student now is student. So that means only students are competing against each other and they will get their own separate award. Um, And that was, you know promoted to me, even though the students were doing work that was worthy enough to go against, you know, the, 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 the non-students, um, people just felt it would give, um, you know, people just seemed to like that idea. I guess I have, I, I guess I have a habit of treating everyone like they're at, you know, they're at the level that they can do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and we also lowered the rate for students. So there's a bigger difference between regular and student submissions. So uh, that should help people. I'd also love to give you a promo code that we, you know, it get, gets you $10 off. Twitter 
10, so lowercase Twitter and the number 10. You can use it in any category at newmediafilmfestival.com and you'll save $10. I don't think it works on students because the students is so low, but um, you can try it. We have a brand new website, brand new ticket system. One of the things that also, um, because in terms of, uh, of a lot of things that a, a lot of people are uh, getting very confused about, it's like, and not to get into that legal channel, though, but it is actually kind of interesting because we've also interviewed Gordon Firemark as well on our show as well. And he's an amazing person for interview information in terms of legal things, also to help people to understand things about a little bit about copyright as well. And about, uh, about copyright, co- about copyright, and about the fact because it's like a lot of times when people are doing, and we'll fully admit this with machinima as well, and all of that, it's the getting permissions form, well, like, well and understanding di- copyright. Okay, so so let's try to simplify that. First and foremost, anything that you have written in text, you really should go through the federal government. Um, it's about thirty five dollars and copyright through the federal copyright office. Then if you want to, you can submit to WGA. So I just need to let you know that I know that there are people that will cull stories and find out if they like a story, they'll find out if they're copywritten by the federal government or not. If they're not copywritten by the federal government, they will borrow as much as they want from you. Does that make sense? Yes. Because the Writers Guild isn't about protecting your rights of your story. It's about protecting who gets the credit for writing that story. A different beast. Now, um, on the other thing, there are sample forms online. I mean, you can just Google to your heart's content and get music, um, music rights. Um, um, What's it called? I can't even know. I'm a casting oh, director. So can ASCAP, yeah, all of right. them. Yeah. Well, no, no, I'm not worried about ASCAP and BMI. That's that's their deal. Like, like yeah. so, yeah. so that's their deal to monitor what's going on. What you need to do is you need to have a form that says, um, you know, music licensing. I want to license this song or maybe this many measures at this price, whether it's for credit only, whether it's for $100 up front, whether it's, you know, for, you know, whatever, um, it is that artist who needs to tell you what they're, you know, from my standpoint, because I'm trying to simplify it for the indie filmmakers, you're not supposed to know everything. So that person who's coming to you that says, I have this song you can license, it is there, just like it is for a filmmaker that enters our festival, it is their responsibility to have all their ducks in a row, which means I'm coming to you and I'm telling you, I have this song, I want you to license it, this much of it, all of it, some of it, none of it, for X amount of money, zero money, credit, whatever it is, and then you both sign it. Yes. How long is it good for? In perpetuity forever? Or is it only good for five years and renegotiable? Honestly, you know, um, I mean, you really should have it in perpetuity because what happens is is if you if you have things in place that prevent you from moving forward, that means you can't get your, your, your film out there. And what I really want everybody to know is please understand this is a team effort. So if you are a script super, supervisor on a film that's still showing 10 years later, you still have that credit. It is still Googleable. It is still watchable. You know, whatever position you were on that film. So why do these people... 
people keep shooting themselves in the foot by signing these contracts that eventually are going to stop them from being able to move the film forward. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. The same thing with acting. You need an appearance release form. I'm going to tell you right now that people have told me they're not union when they are. Yes. Right? So, you know, I can check their social security number. What if they're giving me the wrong one? You know, so having that piece of paper at least protects you that you've had an, you know, a dialogue, a contract with this person that says, yes, I give you the rights to, to appear on TV. Again, people read these contracts. You know, you don't want to be giving up, you know, your rights to anything that they don't use in the film. Yes, because yes. chances are, if they didn't use it in the film, it wasn't good enough or warranted or, um, and I'm taking this from the reality shows I used to work on, the stuff that they couldn't put on TV was, you know, probably closer to R or X. And it's like, all right, if it made TV, fine. But if it didn't, you know, now you're allowing them to make money on a totally separate product than you walked into. Um, I generally have my option agreements written similarly to WGA, although you're not WGA, so your rate is at least half of what WGA would be. But I do that so you, so I prepare you and also make you feel comfortable that, you know, you're being protected. At the end of the day, it is their job to do their research to feel that they're comfortably protected. It is your job you know, to make sure that you're protected to be able to show it. So how I go into these distribution agreements, because it could be a total nightmare because I'm technically considered an aggregator, is these filmmakers sign a contract that says they have all their errors and agreements, all their contracts. So that means, you know, and, and, and that means the distributors trusting what that filmmaker said through me, But then if we find out otherwise, we're going to immediately have to take the product down. We're not going to be able to distribute anything else they ever make because, you know, we either can't trust them or don't believe them or we have to spend time really to do in-depth due diligence. And I know there's insurance for all this, but you understand what I'm talking about. How we have set so expensive. Right. But how we set forth in our relationships determines whether or not people are going to work with you again. Yes. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, all this stuff is, you know, thank goodness for online, but you can find these contracts online. Again, whether you like it or not, you're going to have to read a contract. If you don't like something in a contract, you can just cross it out and initial it. Um, that other person would have to initial it. Um, you know, if you don't understand it, maybe try to Google that sentence and, you know, see what it, its definition is or eventually go hire an attorney. Um but yeah, let's all let's all do our due diligence. Let's keep it simple as much as we can. You know, let's make sure we start out with a great story. If you just want to shoot a 30-second piece, you know, with your cell phone, do it. But, you know, I agree, guys. Go out and shoot, right? Go right. Shoot something that's happening. Absolutely. Learn how to edit it on your system. I mean, that's the only way you're going to grow, can, really. Can, can I ask you a casting question? Sure. Now, I know a lot of... Uh, young actors who are trying to break into the business and you know uh i know the audition process can be very stressful especially for someone who's just entered the business what kind of um advice can you give a a young actor who's uh walking into the audition process well it's a really good question and it's you know it's the same thing as we say to filmmakers you're supposed to know what you don't know right right so i would say i would say breathe Leave 
leave anything that happened outside that door, outside that door. Come in prepared with what you're supposed to be auditioning for. Um, have it with you. Have your headshot and resume with you. Have it stapled. Be nice to the person who you sign in for, especially with me, because I have I tell my desk people, if they're mean to you, I want to know. If they're in the room, the holding room, and they're disrupting another actor by talking or you know being loud or on the phone, like if they don't understand space, let me know. Because they need to respect their other actors, that that's their place to prepare to walk into the room. Now, when you walk into the room, you should kind of know where your mark is. It's usually a T of tape on the floor. Um, I really wouldn't go and shake anybody's hands or hug them because, trust me, if I want to hug you, I'm going to get up and hug you. Think about it. If I'm casting and I'm seeing 800 people in a day, that's 800 hands, and every hand I shake is another second, which means that's 800 seconds I can't see other people. My job is to get as many talent that are right for this role for the director and or producer to to call through um you know so bring in your a game and you know again just you know continue if if you you know you mess up don't self-deprecate um i can't tell you how many times someone would do a reading i thought they were great and then they'd say oh that sucked and i'm like you know i can't i can't build your confidence up um you have to do that for you, and I understand it's challenging and it's difficult, and it takes a thousand no's to get a yes. Um, the other thing I can tell you is pick up your phone, answer your emails. Um, you know, I've gotten to the point where I don't leave messages anymore. I call you, you're not there. It's like, okay, you lost the opportunity. Um, you know, simple stuff like don't put your home address on your resume, don't put your actual birth date so people can steal the, um, you know, the information. Um, you know, I don't agree. Like we talked about this earlier. I mean, you can audit any class you want for free. So if you don't have any money, audit every class you can for free. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are so many, you know, classes online that you can watch for free. I just gave you some that, um, you know, you can watch for yeah. two hours. The challenge is, and I firmly believe this, is that it takes many years to undo bad training. It yes. really does. So, you you know... You got to find the right training. I mean, even though I went to college for this and I had private classes with, you know, many of the best, um, you know, and I, I'm really good as a dramatic actress and I don't really want to do drama anymore because I go there and it's like, it's hard to get out. Um, someone might have taken a lot less time. I might have taken a lot less time if I didn't have some of the teachers that, you know, taught me the wrong things. Um you know, it's hard, but you got to find your own path. You know, you got to find your own path. And don't be afraid also to challenge yourself beyond your own borders. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because it reminded me um, when you come in for a callback specifically, it could probably happen in audition. The callback is to find out if you can follow directions. So, for example, if you do your take and, and you know, I'm just going to say something silly, but, you know, can you add more happy? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people will immediately think that we didn't like what they did. And that's not the case. We're seeing if they can go with the flow. Um, you know, I remember one time someone relatively famous came in the room and he wasn't right for the role he read for, but the director wanted to create a role for him. And I said to him, I said, look, it's your game. I said, you can do it. I said, but do you want to? I said, because this is what he did 
in the audition, he gave me a hard time because of that same scenario I just told you. Right. And I'm like, right. that tells me that if the script says walk, and I've had this on set, um, someone was supposed to walk in a house, and then the director saw this custom classic motorcycle. I think it was another gay movie, if I'm right. I, I cast that one. Mm-hmm. And and the director saw this gorgeous bike, and he said, oh, I'd love it if two girls would ride in on the bike. Well, this lead actress wouldn't ride on the bike. So I wow. have never... Yeah, so, but see what I mean? If you're, she has a right to say no, don't get me wrong. And she wasn't a motorcycle yeah. rider, but we were going to push it in. Right. I mean, right. It, you know, it's not like it's on. So I had a motorcycle license, so I drove the thing and she rode on the back. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's like I said to him, I said, if that's what I'm getting in the casting room, imagine if something subtly changes on set. You know, maybe. You know, maybe he was supposed to be sitting having dinner and you're asking him to, you know, walk outside in the cold. He has a right to say no, don't get me wrong. But, you know, you want someone that's, you know, on the same team with you, not someone that's, you know, going to call their, you know, call their agent for everything. Does does that make sense? I know I'm saying, yeah. yeah, I know I'm saying you have a right to say no, but at the same token, don't give me a hard time for something that, really doesn't warrant getting a hard time for. Yes, but yes, if it's but a completely dangerous situation, sure. Oh, it's absolutely. Like absolutely. Anything about nudity or language, you know, or setting, I mean, you shouldn't want to stand outside in freezing rain for an hour. I get that. You shouldn't. And, you know, you should yeah, have a yeah. decent holding. I get all that. But you know what I mean. Um, yes. You, yeah. you mean I don't have to do nudity if I don't want to? No, you don't. And as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, it's all negotiated beforehand. How many seconds are you going to stay on my left shoulder? And will Even you on this podcast? Down? Even on this podcast. <laughs> Although, I don't know how much more naked your cheesecake can get. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty naked. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, it should have and, strawberries. And something. also, too, <laughs> something. also, too, I know this for a fact with casting directors is if you come in, like, say, like, Grayson reads for one part. And she doesn't necessarily get it. You're still looking at her and you may see something down the line that she might be right for. So keep a good, you know, keep, you know, don't go in there and act crazy and stuff because you may you may not get that part, but you might get something else. Or, you know, they may keep you in mind for something else as well. Right. Well, here's what's really interesting. I've seen more film. I've seen more directors. By the way, you don't know who's in the room. You don't know if it's the writer, the producer, the director. You don't always know, actually. I'm one of those casting directors that really only wants the people in there that should be there. There are other people that, you know, have their wife, their cousin, their mother. I don't think that's fair, but whatever. So always just be gracious. You know, again, obviously, if you're uncomfortable, just say thank you, but no thanks. You know, we had... Um, we had this one film where we needed topless motorcycle riders and this agent sent in this girl who clearly did not want to be topless. And I called him up and yelled at him. (laughs) But anyways, um, the director, they would, they were two guide directors. They were so cute. Um, and I was in the room and of course, if it's a nude thing, you can ask to have someone, you know, in the room and you should have the opposite sex in the room. I don't know why, but just to balance it out, um, so anyways, those directors did offer her the role, and we put a, a bikini top on her. So see? Mm. Yeah. You know, it, it does work. Um, I want to yes. see this movie now. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> yes. Uh, what was that one? That was Stacy's mom. That one was Stacy's mom. Mm. So, um, you know, I... 
listen, I've burnt many bridges in my life and didn't know it. Um, and sometimes I think I did know it. But the point is, yes, don't burn a bridge because you don't know. I also want to let you know that Sherman Hemsley was a family friend for, he died uh, last year as well, goodness, or the year, almost yeah. maybe yeah. the year before. But Great what a ta- year. talent and icon, too sweetheart of a man but actually very private which is interesting but he's been a family friend for 30 years so imagine that i've been casting since 2000 you know and i could barely find things for him i mean i would verbally pitch him but you have to look at everything that's involved you know who is he who represents him what's his rate um you know where is he living at the time how much is it going to cost him to get in uh who's he playing opposite of do they like him? And I don't mean him personally. We can switch this, these same questions to anyone else. So there's a lot involved. I remember, remember, I came out here as a casting, a ca- an actress in 2000. I remember there was this lovely woman who I auditioned for. And she actually said to me, she said, she goes, and I like ran into her maybe a year later. She goes, I love your acting. I constantly try to find something for you. She's never called me back in. Now, as a casting director, I know I would never say that unless I meant it. So I have to believe that she meant it. But between my saying to you about Sherman and then this other woman, you know, it's safe to say, look, here's the deal. I'm a casting director. I'm supposed to get talent that these people want to fight over. Yeah. So you have to know that when you're being called in, I've already done my homework I want you to be good. I want you to be great. And it is the talent's job to make their choices. Now, go for it. Do your choices and own it. Does that make sense? Yes. I'll also tell you that I remember I was doing a Pepsi commercial for a host. And it's really funny on two levels. One, the guy who came in was number 13. I number you just so your outside desk number matches the number on your headshot. So if I can't understand your name when you say it, I can find you. So anyways, you know, he was all doom and gloom because he was 13. I go, look, more number 13s have, you know, gotten the role than I can tell you. So he gave me that one. But then do you remember Mike from Dirty Jobs, the host from Dirty yes. Jobs? Mm-hmm. Well, he came in and read for that. And Mike came in and I go, whoa, Mike, you're an amazing host. I go, you should be like on a major show. He goes, yeah, I'm up for a major show. And I go, what are you doing here? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it was a Pepsi commercial, so we should have been there. I said, go tell your agent to get you something big. And he laughed. Now, he didn't get that Pepsi commercial. So why should he? So here's a case in point where he has an amazing talent that wasn't on a major show yet. I can see it. He, He can feel it. But, you know, he wasn't right for Pepsi. So yeah. what, if he, what if he did anything remotely, self-degrading, shooting himself in the foot, you know, like how stupid, right? Yeah. It just wasn't a right fit. It just wasn't his right time. I remember I was casting a vampire film, which cracks me up because vampires are vampires. They're ageless. Hello. Does anybody remember this? Yes. So the vampire said 54. <laughs> but I brought this, right? But I brought this woman in because I liked her book and she was maybe 30s. Yeah. Well, she did an amazing read, and then she actually slapped down her sides, and she went, I don't know why you brought me in. I'm clearly not 54. So I went, okay, thank you. And when she left the room, I said to the writer-director, I said, I'm not bringing her back. He goes, she was good. I go, yeah, but but I said, she just gave me lip. And I said, how's she going to act on set? Yeah. yeah. Right? So the other thing which is hilarious is that there was a 60-year-old vampire that I wanted to bring Oscar nominee Sally Kirkland in. And she goes, I'm not playing a 60-year-old vampire. 
vampire. She goes, I want to play the 24-year-old that has twins. And I go, Sally, you can't have twins. And she goes, vampires are ageless. There's a 60-year-old woman in real life having twins. I'll only read for the 24-year-old. So, of course, I let her read for the 24-year-old. She was fantastic. And it's a vampire. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Yeah. 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 So anything goes. Anything goes, you know? It's like, don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, I mean, I don't like people showing up on my doorstep. I don't like people, um, you know, with false pretenses. Um, I don't like people crashing auditions. Um, you know, I just, I, I just don't. But I have heard that crashing auditions, you know, helps. You know, uh, I guess you have to do what what you want to do, you know, to get there. Yeah, yeah. You know. But then there can be a point of too aggressive as well to the point where it's like you actually alienate. Well, I'll give you an example. I cast an amazing short, but I got a name for the short. And then this woman who was winning, you know, let's just say it was James Bond. I'm not sure it was, but it was like a level movie like that. She had a small role in it. Well, she bypassed me and went to the director and sold herself on the director well, I don't think she was right for the role, but the director was so smitten by, let's just say, a James Bond girl mm-hmm. that he hired okay. her. And you watch the movie and she doesn't fit. So I'm just like, you know, like, let me do my job. And she tried to be nice to me on set. And I just said, look, I said, you went behind my back. I said, there wasn't any reason. I'm Googleable, Susan Johnston casting.com like I'm googleable just email me and go I'm just gonna again I don't think she was a James Bond girl but just let me use that for all intensive purposes all she had to do was James Bond girl wants this role or consider me a James Bond girl for this role of course I'm gonna open it of course I'm gonna read it so unfortunately she took a new director brand new first time director and you know what did we talk about that to me that's a scam artist Right. Yeah. She sold someone who was naive that didn't understand that each and every role has to fit together. Okay? So so Kentu, I have no idea what you look like because you look like cheesecake. <laughs> but let's just you know, cheesecake and I as a as a as a loving couple, I'm not so sure people are gonna buy it. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So and and I don't know, have you ever watched a film where there wasn't chemistry between two lovers? Yes. Doesn't work. No. Doesn't work. So, you know, you could have the best title in the world. Um, I do want to let you know that, especially in the machinima world, people, um, great talent want to act. And, and, and what is it doing voiceover uh, over a DSL line? Yeah. So, you know what? Reach out to someone. Reach out to someone's publicist. Um, Google them. See if they have a Facebook page, a LinkedIn put page, and just say, you know, would you – you know, would you like to do the voiceover on my, you know, machinima piece? It's about this, you know, sculptor who was also, you know, a soccer coach. Remember that true story I told you about before? <laughs> Why not? I mean, I, I can't tell you, and this, it cracks me up. I can't tell you how many people tell me I'm too busy. Hey, I thought about you for this, whatever that was. But I didn't call you because, I, or I didn't email you. I love email. I love email. <laughs> um, email I rocks. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't email you because I thought you were too busy. You know what? Let me tell you I'm too busy. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So, so email me. 
um, you know, when it's a win-win, okay, win-win, you got to think win-win. That's how I roll, win-win. And if I'm, if it's not right for me or if it's not right on my schedule, I might refer you to someone. Why? Because we all have to help each other. Yeah. I can't tell you how many actors that I've cast have recommended me to other producers to cast their films. Does that make sense? Yes. Right. So, you know, and I might not even, you know, please forgive me, but I might not remember who they are, but I'm grateful. And I, I think that's how we, I mean, I'm constantly moving filmmakers forward. And, and honestly, please don't be mean to me in an email. I, I now tell Jan you know, to, to, to email back and say, I don't understand why the email is coming across angry. You know, we're offering you this. Yeah, so, yeah. so I understand you might be frustrated, but please don't take it out on us because I don't think people know how hard we work and, and how every single one of those judges is really looking for that person that they can help move forward. This distributor, this new one especially, like he just gave up his life to focus everything, you know, on... He gave up. He gave up a big component of his life that was entertainment related to solely focus on the distribution side because he understands that's where they can bring in the money. Does that make sense? And that's I told him that's why, you know, I signed predominantly with him. But of course, I have other ones that fill up the other platforms that he doesn't have. Um, I I'm still I'm still getting referrals and recommendations from. You know, people I haven't seen in years. I'll give you an example. Natpe. The last time I did anything for Natpe was in 2005. So six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Nine years later, I'm speaking for them. Yeah. Yeah. The last time I was their conference coordinator. So you know, Kintu, that goes back to what you said earlier. Absolutely, regardless of what part of, I, part of the entertainment business you're in, you know, be friendly. I mean, I've had this. I've had this. Um, what's it called? Marvel comic. I think about two years, and I can't tell you how many people said they were going to give me money, how many, you know, artists came aboard and fell apart, you know, and each time I just said to them, I said, you know, thank you for, you know, being involved in here, I'll circle back if, um, you know, if we can work together, you know, everything from this guy in France who, who gave me someone who tried to cut him out. And I said, look, if he's going to cut you out, imagine what he's going to go to me further on down the line. I don't want his money. And then that guy in France got mad at me because I cut the deal and I'm going, whoa, wait a minute. I protected your back. Now, other people yeah. said they would have went forward with this person and give a portion of that money to that man in France. And I said, no, the guy showed me his true colors early on. Why am I going to move forward with that? You know, when I've got these amazing, this amazing guy in Los Angeles, but he has Canadian money who for eight months we worked together on, uh, he gave me, he gave me 70% of 20 million in less than 30 seconds. How wow. can you not? And I've known him for years, but how can you not love that relationship? Yeah. But also, after eight months, I contact him back and I go, listen, I need your honesty. I've been communicating, you know, clearly all the way and everybody said they're on board and everybody said I'm not back on the back burner, but it's been eight months. And this, this, and this, and this have still been pushed aside. I go, I can't keep pushing this project aside. You and you out. And then he said he was sorry that the five other people, it's so hard getting money from a committee, it's crazy, that these, you know, these five other people really had their own projects that they were freaked out on. And I said, you know what, let me go, let me go get money from U.S., and then if I need any more money, can I come back to you? He said, you can come back to me anytime. 
So do you see how I handled that? Mm-hmm. I didn't say mm-hmm. F you, which no. I might have wanted to because I was so <laughs> frustrated. I just said, okay, how can we make this work? Um, you know, and it's, I'm telling you, it is not an easy business. There is no way to slice it. It is not an easy business. And I guarantee you, if someone's really successful, um, they're not an overnight success. Um, you know, I, sure, I've had mentors in my life, but I have not had, like, I just heard from um, one of the judges that I worked with recently votes on the CMAs and the Grammys. And he said that, that you know, a lot of these radio labels and studios are looking for 14 year olds, you know, that they can mold to their shaping. You know, I didn't have that. I don't know if I would have liked that. Probably not because I was such a rebel as a child. But I'm just saying that, you know, and it's possibly a Taylor Swift, you know, that they took a young person under their wings and molded them and shaped them to be a commercial success, you know, which she is. Um, you know, so there's there's those opportunities as well. I think you have to find your path. And each person has to go through many, many paths to find that path. Yes. Like, and you know, I, There hasn't been one film uh, filmmaker that I would know that I would tell them any different. It's like you have to you have to go on the journey. You have to sometimes hit the brick wall. To um, be able to well, get I, I kidding. I go. I go. I just got hit by a Mack truck. Yeah. <laughs> Picked myself up. I wasn't even up yet, and the damn thing hit me again. I mean, there are some days that are like that. So, um, you know, you have to allow yourself that moment to sort of figure out and go, whoa, what the hell happened? But, you know, this is something I use a lot. I say what worked, what didn't, and why. (laughs) What worked, what didn't, and why. And then trust me, I mean, just, you know, change it. Pivot. I, I say pivot. Like, if you're looking in this direction and it ain't right, Pivot means just turn a little, you know, to the left or the right. And, you know, now you're facing a whole new direction. Um, you know, and listen, if it isn't working, uh, you know, what are you, a hamster on a wheel? You know, just, you know, if you're repeating the same thing over and over and getting, you're just getting the same results, maybe you would just really need to, 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 to switch it up, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, honestly, once I became bi-coastal, um, which is so funny to say, um, I didn't realize how much I was part of the Los Angeles rat race. Like, I honestly didn't know it. Mm. It was once I got out of it that I went, whoa, wow. Aren't I glad I'm not part of the rat race anymore? I've got this space where I can, you know, organize and implement and streamline much more effectively, much more healthily, much more balanced. You know, and now the goal is is to continue that. Um, You know, I'm trying to get to London. So anybody out there who knows of a conference I can speak at in London, I have the hotel. I have friends. BFI is usually coming up. Really? Can you recommend me? Yeah. Well, it's like I can uh, talk with Michael and see if he knows. Like, you know, Michael Cowan? Did you get a chance to meet him over at the AFM? No, but if you can, I would love you to because... And um, he might be able to know who to get in touch with there. Oh, that would be wonderful because one, I love adventure, but, you know, two, I like to combine business and vacation. And the Antheneum is a five-star hotel that gave all our speakers last year, including me, um, uh, a weekend with, you know, breakfast and hotel in the, I think, Mayfair district. And so I'm like, okay, let me tie tie it up with back to some conference so yeah if you could just ask for me 
That'd be wonderful. Yep, and find out what the festivals are there. Thank you. And that's another thing I had learned, and I learned it in that as a matter of fact. I don't know if you remember, but there were four or five, oh yeah, there were four speakers and one moderator, and the moderator on the crowdsourcing panel that I was on. Now remember, I'm with Participant, I'm with the guy that wrote the book and did lots of stuff at the end, and then you've got the guy, I'm sorry, I'm bad with names, guy to the right to me that's an independent, but like worked with Warner Brothers and all that good stuff. He's an independent, but worked with the studios. So the moderator says, okay, let's wrap it up and give your last, you know, words of advice. I would never say this in a million years, but it's really lovely, and he's a, he's a fun guy, so I'm not upset with him, but it's totally opposite of what I would have done. He leaned forward to the crowd, and he said, if I was you, I'd hire me. <laughs> wow. That's what I say. Wow. Because I would never think to do that. This is someone's conference. You're supposed to be supporting them. If people want to find you, they find you later. You know, that's your promotion being on the stage. And, you know, and here I am telling people, okay, I'm going to tell you all the advice and all the ways you can implement social media for free to get you started. I know you have to pay, and I know everybody here you can hire. So let me give you the free stuff. And then I even said to people, just email me at my website, hit contact, and I'll, you know, I'll send you you know, booklets on how to do it for free. No one emailed me. So I saw him later in the day. We were supposed to have dinner. He says, I can't have dinner with you. He goes, I have five meetings from today. Wow. And I went, wow. wow. I went, okay. You know, asking, you have to ask. Ask and you shall receive. So um, that was very uncomfortable for me. Obviously not com- not uncomfortable for him. And, you know, he got people engaging with him and I didn't. And I was giving stuff away and he was charging. So what does that say? Wow. I know. says a lot. You know, it says a lot. Uh, people expect to pay. People almost want to pay. Uh, they feel that if you're giving them something for nothing, it doesn't have value, which isn't always true. Um, you know, so it's just, um, that's why I asked you, and thank you. See, you know someone you can ask. And yep, ask him. So who, who, who we proved that guy right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I'll even send you this link. So and and I'll, I'll be going with you as your assistant. <laughs> Yay! Well, I only have one hotel room, so that'd be a little weird. Because if I roll over, I squish the cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but cheesecake, cheesecake is good, even if it's squished. <laughs> Just so those, those people that don't know, he's an avatar on our Skype hangout, and he's cheesecake. <laughs> so that's why we keep referring back to that. Um, but- the the festivals, uh, it's coming up in June, right? Yep, June 10th and 11th, we have an opening night red carpet with the press junket and the networking lounge. And after every screening session, there's a Q&A with the filmmakers. Cool. And I live right, I live up the street from uh, the landmark on Pico Boulevard. I live in uh, Fairfax area. So I'll, I, uh, I'll be glad to uh And I'll be staying over at Kitty's house. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um... Email email me for um, a press pass. If I can in any way, shape, or form give you a press pass, I will. We just have yes. to be fair to everyone, but sure. send me something sure. that's press-related. Um, the other thing that's really cool is, yes, we sell VIP badges that are less than buying each of the screening sessions. Filmmakers obviously get them. They're all access passes, um, mm-hmm. opening and closing night ceremonies and the award show and um, all the Q&As and all the panels and all the screenings. But what's really cool is um, the, the challenge is the Landmark doesn't sell the tickets till close to the date, but I'm going to try to get them to sell them earlier. And basically, it's just $20. And you get like a th- yeah, and you get a three-hour block. 
So, I mean, that's cheaper than a movie. Um, so that, that's pretty cool because say you were press and you wanted to come. I used to only have badges, but you might only want to come to the documentary section. Does that make sense? And then that seat would be empty for the rest of the time. So we set up this new system where people can buy individual sessions. They could buy badges. Um, you know, and honestly, if you're press and you can only come to two sessions, I'd rather just give you those two sessions, you know, than a badge. Yeah. So, um, so just, you know, kind of look at that schedule. It should be up in February. We're going to be doing an early announcement. Um, we're presenting a legend award this year. I haven't announced it yet, so I can't say it now, but everybody will go, wow, that's so cool. Um, and then we're also going to pick a couple of categories and a couple of entries just so people can start, you know, getting an idea of what they're, you know, what excitement they're in for. Should, should I get my speech ready for, uh, for my legend award? Uh, not you. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> I, I mean, I know you're truly a legend, but, but this, this, is, this person is, you know, has not only changed so many other legends' lives, um, you know, but they're up there in years. Like and, Michael Anderson? No, but thanks. No, uh, but they... Uh, they deserve to be recognized, so we'll see. That's great. You know? That's awesome. I love it when, when, when they do that in the industry is, you know, recognize people who definitely deserve it, you know, who may not get it too, especially. That, yeah, and thank you for saying that because, um, you know, it was just amazing. We've been so blessed. We don't give Legend Awards away every year, only when they're a right fit for many reasons. Um, and the, the only last one we had was for Ray Bradbury. And it's because... Ray Bradbury's Kaleidoscope was submitted to the festival. And I'm like, whoa, Fahrenheit 451. You know, and then, um, so we offered him the Legend Award and he accepted. And unfortunately, he passed away a week before the festival. Um, you know, but, you know, he's someone that you didn't really see get recognized at festivals a lot. No. You know, like film festivals. Right. But we honor stories worth telling, so that's a perfect fit. You know, he told great stories. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this one is not a writer though. The one that we're the one that we're giving it to is a director. So that's pretty cool. And we Very also beautiful. want to, you know, even though in the program guide we 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 announce who the director is. I mean, let's face it; it takes the whole entire crew. Yep. I mean, even you know, even the PAs are important because if they don't that's do what they do, then everybody else can't do what they do. So, you know, I mean, we truly, really, like, we say filmmaker because that filmmaker is spearheading, like, everybody underneath them, like a captain of a ship, you know? Mm -hmm. So it is. It's a collaborative effort. Play well with others. Yes, you know, we're all human and we might have a meltdown, but allow one meltdown. Two in a row, there might be a problem. (laughs) Right? Yes, definitely. And... Now, uh, here's an interesting question for also one of those uh, final ones. If they want to get in touch with you in terms of uh, of that, what are the best ways of getting in touch with you either uh, through your websites, through uh, like what is uh, what are the things that you want to see when somebody gets in touch with you? Okay, thanks. That's very great. Um, pretty much everything is at www.newmediafilmfestival.com you could click contact and get us you know directly through there the tabs on top will tell you whether you want to know about our sponsors and our awards or our press 
or our shop or to submit or attend. About Us is really cool on our homepage. If you just scroll down, it you know gives you pretty much everything we're talking about now. If you really want to contact me directly and not go to the website, info at newmediafilmfestival.com and then pretty much the easiest I mean we're, we're pretty much on every social media but it's facebook.com forward slash newmediafilmfestival um, and then twitter is newmediaff and then youtube should if you, if you search newmediafilmfestival you should find us and you'll see our blue logo but we'd love to have you connect with us sign up on the newsletter use twitter 10 in any category Tell your friends. Buy a piece of art. It goes to the artists. Um, come enjoy it. I'm trying to work it this year where um, there's enough access for people, even if they don't have a ticket or a badge, to be part of the networking lounge because I think that's really important. You know, people love to network. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It is direly uh, critical. And basically, make the movie. You froze. Do it. Sorry, I said basically in a nutshell, make the movie. I, I agree, do it. Yeah. Make it. Take out your mobile, your tablet, your, your flip camera, whatever. Do it. Do it, do it, do it. 30 seconds is all you need. That's right. Isn't yeah. that amazing? Yeah, I'm so jealous of these kids. These <laughs> kids today. No <laughs> the least you could do is 24 minutes TV and it had to be broadcast quality. Probably a Sony F50 and you couldn't afford it. Not even to rent it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm lucky with one of my trailers. I'm actually doing it 30. Uh, I am doing it in Machinima. I decided what? that because it's like for proof of concept, mm-hmm. if, if to do a live action version of it would be too expensive. So therefore, mm-hmm. do it in Machinima form. Oh, the other thing you asked about copywriting. I mean, yes. the second you have your title and the name of your film, grab a, grab a web link because it's dated. And that, that's one way to secure your spot. I can't tell you how many people... We're, we're actually a registered trademark. And I can't tell you how many people have tried to steal or borrow parts of our name. And we're like, no. You know, we've had it before you. Um, you can't do it. It's like Kleenex. Kleenex is... Everybody says Kleenex, but it's really a facial tissue. Yes. Only Kleenex can say Kleenex. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> you know? They didn't pay me. Oh, my gosh. Hilarious. They didn't even ask. It's so funny. I remember there was a woman in Burbank that took my actual name, New Media Film Festival, and just started using it. Wow. And I knew, and I knew her from somebody else, and I went, did you even Google it? Oh, no. Someone told me about it. It was a good name. I go, take it down. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. Wow. I love people. Well, I mean, if you don't want something taken from you, don't take from someone else. You know, it's kind of Buddha or Dalai Lama. Eye for an eye, we're all blind. You know, really think about it. And realize that it's like, you know what, when you're putting out your product, it's like, yeah, there is always do your homework. Like always have your scripts go through clearance, have have all of your clearances done. I mean, I I do want to remind people that, yes, there are those scam artists out there and there are people that steal and borrow from other people and make something go forward. But here's the truth. They don't last the test of time. No. They they might, you know, they might get through. But, you know, if 
if they don't have the creative genius and the implementation that is unique to you, they can only do that so long. You know, and again, I've been in the business since I was a little kid. I'm standing the test of time. You know, a film festival, we're around five years, but, you know, there's film festivals that are around for 36 and 50. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Try to borrow from them. I mean, you just can't. Like Sundance, you know, Cinequest, TIFF, can you know, sure, we all, we, people might aspire to be them. They might excerpt some things from them, but at the end of the day, why don't you just be your own creative you? Because that's what's going to, you know, keep you ever evolving, ever moving. I remember the first time someone stole something blatantly uh, at a high level. They, you know, I, I offered them something to shop. I said, when I want it back, I'll take it back. I called him up. I said, I want it back. He said, I want you to go to this website, website and tell me what you think. The second I saw it, I knew what he did. I called him back. He goes, what do you think? I go, what I know is that's not my only creative idea. And how stupid of you to, to, to steal it because it wasn't even done well. Yeah. I hung him up. Yeah. You know, and he's not going to get anything again. And I just, you know, you just keep moving on, moving on. I mean, you can choose to be a litigious person and sue people every day. Of course, lawyers and suing are good at appropriate times, not every time. So you choose, you choose your battles. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's better to let it go or, yeah, or write a really nasty letter to the person and remind them to take it down. Well, I have an attorney that, well, I mean, I if, if it's, what I generally do is I nicely say you're in violation of our trademark, which of course they don't think I'm being nice because uh, they don't understand that they took something they didn't ask for. And I just basically say, you know, please know that, you know, by violating this trademark, we have a right to come back and, and take all your proceeds at any given point. You know, stop using our name because you're monetizing on our name. Again, I don't think that's being mean. I just think that's letting them nicely know, you know, hey, guys, please stop. And if you don't, these are the ramifications. I'm not saying give me all the money now. I'm just saying stop. Yeah. So, you know, like each each thing is individual. So crazy, isn't it? (laughs) Crazy, crazy. But the good news is, people... Is everything from 30 seconds to hopefully, for me, no longer than two hours, uh, we can monetize your content. So make it, submit it, and um, let's try to all move our careers forward. Newmediafilmfestival.com. All right. right. That's a good place to to end on. Uh, Okay. This was fun. I think this was the longest interview I ever did, but it was fun. Oh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> it is. So um, I'll let you know how many um, people email me. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, I'll, and like I said, I'll give you the link for that. And you'll get oh, to I us. love that. And thanks for asking about London. I really want to go. Because it's crazy. It's I crazy not like... <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's crazy not to use a gift that someone gave me at this high level, which helps, you know, me get to London and also you know, whoever's at that conference to, you know, get the wisdom and experience from today, and they don't have to pay for a hotel room. So I say win-win. Are you also going to go to Berlinall? Um, I don't have anything in Berlinall, but I would go if someone asked me. Yeah, it's like, I, I think it's going to be quite exciting this year, Berlinall as well, because it's like the European version of the AFM. It's yeah. like, I really have got to go one year. My, the partner, my money partner I told you about, he usually goes to Berlinall. So, but but like I said, listen, I'm, I went to Romania. I got invited to Romania one year. 
Susan didn't even know where Romania was, just so you know. Mm. <laughs> oh, if you ever need a translator of any of the stuff, just ask, because my well, family's is... originally from Romania. <laughs> oh, well, I went to Brasov, and it was absolutely yes. spectacular, but this is hilarious. So I get on a plane, I get off the plane, and they have a man with my name on it. And so I get in the car, and I said, hey, just for fun, how long before we get there? He said, three hours. <laughs> Jeez. I said, thank God, thank God it's daylight. Can you be my tour guide? And so for the three hours, he just said, oh, this is this part of the country and that part of the country. But how disappointing it would have been to arrive like at midnight, not see anything for three hours and not sleep because I was in a foreign country and didn't know where I was. I wasn't going to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a that was a hoot and a half. So, yes, I pretty much go anywhere. I've been to India and Kumela. So those who know who Kumela is, the spiritual retreat, they're like, you went alone? You are one crazy girl. <laughs> <laughs> I get out alive. Uh, all right. Well, wonderful yeah. to talk to both of you. It sounds like we could talk forever. Most definitely. And we will continue to uh, talk as well. Well, thank you so much for this opportunity. This was really, really fun. Oh, you're very, very welcome. All right. Well, I hope and to thank see you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. All right. Bye, cheesecake. All right, bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye.